Matthew 6, 7 through 15. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others that trespass, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither your Father forgive your trespasses. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks. Happy New Year. You know, we, we uh, the staff, we thought and we prayed a whole lot, really, and uh, discussed, I mean, what could be the best thing we could do to start off not only the new year, but the new decade, right? I mean, what would be the one thing we could do for the next few weeks that might have the greatest amount of effect on each of us and all of us as a praying church, as praying families? And uh, I don't think we could... I don't think we could start any better than focusing on the Lord's Prayer. Um, I don't know how you would rank yourself, although that's even a a crass way to say it, but like, what is your prayer life like right now? That may be a good question to ask right now. What is my prayer life? How do I pray? When do I pray? Now, as you think about that in your own life and ask yourself the second question, that's this. What would happen in your life and my life, in our life together, if we all grew together in praying, the gift of praying? And then furthermore, what about this thing we call the Lord's Prayer? We pray that Lord's Prayer every Sunday. Every time we meet, we pray it, right? Uh, football teams pray it right before they take the field, right? Um, sometimes when I don't know what else to say in a hospital room, the best thing I can do is to begin to pray the Lord's Prayer. Most of you know it by memory, right? You know it. It just rolls off the tongue. I guess my hope and my goal is that we don't treat what I think is the greatest prayer ever prayed like what Jesus was talking about, about those, quote, hypocrites who heap up empty phrases. Because if the words are empty to you and to me, then we've got some work to do. But if we deepen our roots into the Lord's Prayer, it will not only help us to maybe better understand what we're praying when we pray together, but it might even shape our prayer life as we pray some other things, right? Pray other prayers, it might could guide ourselves. And if it guides our prayers, guess what it's going to do? It's going to guide your life. Now, they, these aren't magical words. These aren't hocus-pocus words. But I, I promise you, as we pay more attention to these words, these words will change our life over time. But only if we pay attention. So for the, sex, next, uh, for the next six weeks, we are going to just delve and dive in to the most important prayer, I think, that's, uh, that's, ever, that's ever prayed. Of course, you know, to be human is to pray. Just about everybody prays. You know that, right? People who say they're not Christian or they don't believe in God, believe me, they're praying. Most people pray. Have you ever heard the expression, there are no atheists in foxholes, right? 
when the plane starts wiggling like this, I don't care what you believe, you're going to start praying, right? There are people hanging out by sacred rivers in India that are praying. There are hundreds of people in Jerusalem at the wall. They're praying. There are folks praying in all languages, in all religions, in all faiths. Why? Because to be human is to to pray. Now, um, prayer is not about, uh, is never about uh, accomplishment or eloquence. I I mean, if that were the case, uh, we would all be in trouble. Let me share this prayer. I shared it on Facebook earlier this week, but I love it. It's by Mary Oliver. It says, it doesn't have to be the blue iris. It could be weeds in a vacant lot or a few small stones. Just pay attention. Then patch a few words together and don't try to make them elaborate. This isn't a contest, but a doorway into thanks and a silence in which another voice may speak. I'm glad. Now, I wish I was one of those that could pray, pray these beautiful poetic prayers. Have you ever read a prayer and thought, man, that's just so beautiful. I'm not, I'm, I'm not very good at that. I don't know about you, but I do love a beautiful prayer. And, uh, and, but take, take hope. You don't have to be Mary Oliver to have her you know, skills to pray. Uh, let me just share with you a few of my prayers this week, just to, just to fill you in. Lord, I give up. You can take it from here. Amen. Y'all pray that one? Oh, my goodness. Um, For sure. Let's see. God, I really messed up. Forgive me. I prayed that one this week. Um, Lord, have mercy. Where is this anger coming from? Please help me forgive. You ever pray that one? Now, I rode in the car with someone uh, who will not be named, but uh, that was my prayer. Jesus, take the wheel, right? <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is like prayer is this, and even if we look at Jesus, it is this lifelong conversation, give and take with God. And even in the Lord's Prayer, I mean, you can tell that there's a lot going on there. It's... it's uh, Life feels precarious at times, right? And that's where the word prayer comes from, precarious. Lord, I can't make it on my own. I am depending on you to help me, right? Um, Pete Gregg, and I'm going to show you the book that I want you to... Well, I'll show it to you right now. Um, But this book is a really good one, and you'll see a picture of it later on in the sermon. Um, But this is a really good one. It's it's new, it's fresh, uh, ordered if you'd like. He shapes prayer around the Lord's Prayer and says some other really incredible things. Um, but, uh, but get the book. But he says this, and which I like. When you're thinking about your prayer life this year, this next decade, let's say, as you grow, right? He says three things. Pete says, uh, he says, keep it simple. Keep it simple. You don't have to be sophisticated to pray. That's not what prayer's about. He says, keep it real. Just be real with God. This is not about shielding ourselves behind fancy words. Just be real to God. If you're mad, then be, then be mad. Be mad with God. If you're disappointed, be disappointed with God. If you're overwhelmed, be overwhelmed with God. The third thing is keep it up. So keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. That's what Pete says in his book here. And here's what I mean by keep it up. Now, when Jesus taught his disciples the Lord's Prayer, did they all of a sudden just get great at praying? No, they continued to be bumbling and mumbling and not sure what to do. 
But they must have kept at it because if you read the book of Acts, you'll see that they thought about Peter who said a lot of dumb things like me. He had an unfiltered kind of comment still. He said a lot of dumb things, but did that stop him? No, he kept at prayer. And they said even his shadow, if it passed by, by you, um, would, would make a difference in people's lives. I mean, that, I mean, he got it. Why? Not because he, it happened overnight, but prayer is just like anything else. If it's important, we stick with it. We stick with it. Now, there are two places in the Lord's Prayer, right? There are two versions. One is in Luke 11 and one is in Matthew 6. Luke 11, they're a little bit different context. In Luke 11, Jesus is finishing up his prayer in a certain place, it says. And the disciples come to him and say, Jesus, would you please teach us to pray like, you taught, like John taught his disciples? And Jesus says, okay, all right. When you pray, pray, Father, holy be your name, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it's a little bit, there's a couple of differences there, but it's very similar to the prayer uh, in Matthew 6. The Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 is not about the disciples asking Jesus to pray. It's during his Sermon on the Mount where he talks about all kinds of things, what it means to live as a people of God. And then he said, don't pray like those hypocrites. You know, don't pray just empty words. It's not magic, right? When you pray, you pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, etc., etc. Jesus... Uh, evidently wants us to know how to pray. Wants us to guide our prayer life. Um, that's what we're going to do these next six weeks. Um, now, when he shared the prayer in Matthew 6, our Father who art in heaven, all the way down uh, to, for thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever. Amen. 31 words. And Jesus, y'all, what, what language did Jesus speak? Anybody know? Aramaic, Right? That was the language of the day. And would you believe that, I mean, if, if I could roll off the Aramaic, it rhymes. It rhymes. So Jesus' prayer rhymes in his native language, in, in his, the language of the day. Um, he must have wanted uh, his disciples to, to, to you know, to, to pull it in. 31 words. Now, there's an, now, also, real quickly, too, it is not completely original. Jesus borrowed a little bit, Okay. So there's a prayer in the Jewish tradition called the Kadesh, okay? And, and this is it. It almost looks like a doxology, a Jewish doxology. And, 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 and many Jewish faiths, even to this day, they pray this prayer. Um, and you know when they pray it? They, they pray it. You're supposed to pray that 11 months after your mom or dad passes away. So it is a prayer... For the end of mourning, a mourning period, it's time to bless my mom and bless my dad, but it's also time to move on and to live. And so it was a way of offering up at the end of your mourning this prayer. Do you see where he might have borrowed a little bit or used some of this? Do you see some similarities? Magnify and hallowed be his great name. In this world which he created according to his will. And may he establish his kingdom during your life. Lots of echoes and similarities to what he's doing. But let me ask you this as you look at that, as you look at that prayer, the Kaddish. What did Jesus add? That's pretty interesting too. Jesus adds Father. We'll talk about that in a second. 
That was radical. Like if all, the, all of his disciples were there and they were listening to Jesus preach and he said, our father or our Abba, our daddy, they'd be like, they'd be like that. They would open their eyes. You know why? Nobody addressed Jesus that intimately or God that intimately in their prayers. That's something that Jesus brought to his disciples, uh, to those who follow uh, Christ. This intimate dad. And then Jesus asks uh, it adds a few big A-S-K-S asks, a few requests. Give us this day our daily bread, that's present. Forgive us, that's kind of past. Deliver us future. Yesterday, today, tomorrow. Don't be afraid to ask. Nothing is too large, nothing is too small. Ask, 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 ask. Jesus also added human agency in his prayer. Forgive us, O oh God. Does it stop there? No. As we forgive those who sin or, or, or trespass against us, right? So Jesus even brings in our role, our role, our active role in prayer. So it's forgive us, God, as, um, as we forgive those others who, forget, who have sinned against us. This first prayer, the Kaddish is reverent, but it adds a relational and practical. And that is Jesus' prayer. One note on the very end of the prayer, real quickly, just so you know. Um, y'all know that part where if you're with a bunch of Catholics, you, you keep rolling on and they've stopped already? Y'all, have you ever done that? Over at Sacred Heart, you know, and I forget, you know, how they end it. And, and you know all the Protestants because they say, for thine is the kingdom and the power. And, the, and then you have to stop, right? Because, right? Well, in some manuscripts, that last little tail on, is, is, is in some of the manuscripts in Matthew, and in others, it's not. Uh, I don't know why, you know, Protestants do it and Catholics don't. I don't know why. But even that little tagline, that, that little end line to the Lord's Prayer comes real close to the prayer in 1 Chronicles 29. It's David blessing Solomon's building of the temple. It's very early. It's 29.10, 1 Chronicles 29.10. Um, we won't go there, but you just need to know that um, the, the Lord that we worship every, every week um, was Jewish. I mean, he was thoroughly an, an Israelite. And so it's this new, new expression of an ancient and beautiful tradition through Jesus. Okay, all right, first line. Our Father, oh, let's go ahead and put that thing up there real quick. Slide eight, there you go. Um, yeah, our Father. Okay, well, let me, yeah, let me just say this real quick. Well, put, just put the first line up there. We'll go back to that. Okay, our Father who art in heaven. All right, what's that first word? Our. It's not my Father. It's not your Father. It's our Father. Our Father. Our Abba. Our loving parent. And if we've all got one loving parent, sorry y'all, we're all one family. For better or for worse. We're all one family. We are related to each other. We're all one family. So if we've got each other, just that one thing means I can't separate myself from you. I can't consider myself apart really from anybody if I believe everybody's been created in the image of God and everybody's my potential brother or sister. 
I can't pray this in isolation. I may pray alone at times. I may pick my place to pray. But I can't pray this alone. God is our Papa. Okay? Now, I'm not sure that I believe that God is a helicopter parent, you know, right there on top, you know, all the time. But I know God is with me all the time. As I've grown, as I grew from a child, my earthly father, my earthly mother, you know, they began to give me a little bit more space and help me to make a few more decisions. It wasn't that they abandoned me. I could always call them when I was really, really having a tough time with something. But, you know, as we grow as Christians, maybe sometimes God is calling us to take responsibility in this kingdom. Case in point, I was praying about something uh, a few weeks ago, and a real, real close friend of mine, I was like, and I keep praying and praying and praying, and I cannot find an answer. I don't know. Is God just being silent? And she told me, she said, Bruce, maybe that's God's way of saying, why don't you use the brain I gave you and make a decision, right? <laughs> and I think that's part of guiding, part of being a good parent is allowing that. Our Father, our Father, Abba. Abba is, it didn't say, it doesn't say our king, although you could call God a king, right? It doesn't say uh, uh, God, dear God, our warrior, or, you know, dear God, our rock. It's our father, our Abba. You know, the thing about this, and I don't know about you, but I'm sure with your parents, you didn't need an intermediary to go to your mom or dad, probably, Right? You didn't need to send an entourage or get permission to connect with your parents or your guardians growing up. And Jesus is flinging open the doors going, you don't need an intermediary. You go straight to God. And I think that's part of what made so many of the religious leaders mad because it kind of cut out the middleman, you know. Sort of makes us preachers nervous. If you go straight to God, I got, you mean I can't tell you what to, no, I can't. You are you have direct access to God. Who could wake up a king and, uh, and, and, and ask for water at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. in the morning? A child, a child of the king. When you pray, Jesus says, pray our Father. Here's, uh, you know what, I'm going to, well, yeah, we can go to that real quick. Here's an acronym. Um, I think this is slide 10, Daniel. Slide 10. Yeah. So there's an acronym that when you get this book, you can, you can read, and we'll go back to it a few times. I just want to touch on it. It's pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. And we're in the pause section of prayer. And here's the greatest thing. Here's the irony of the Lord's Prayer, is that the best way to start praying is to stop praying. Just to stop. Just to stop. Before you come to God with all these lists and worries and anxieties, just be in the presence of God. Just be there. In Jackson, in the synagogue there, when we took our, when we took our uh, youth there for um, confirmation, there's a, these big giant words on the walls. It says, know the one before whom you stand. Just, just be in the presence of God as you worship and as you pray. Be still and know that I am God, says the psalmist. The prayer starts with knowing the one before whom you stand or kneel or sleep or walk. 
And the one before whom we stand is Abba, father of the family, who art in heaven. Real quickly, this can be misleading. Okay, so go back to our father who art in heaven, Daniel. I'm sorry, I'm messing, messing you up a little bit. Yeah, who art in heaven. Please don't think that means that God is far off or not here. That's, that's not where Jesus is going. Of course, Jesus knew that God was, is, I am with you. I am with you to the end of the age. This Emmanuel God with. But you know, this earth can't contain God. Right? God is one in whom we live and move and have our being. And so the one before whom we pray cannot be contained by me, by church, by, by anybody. Right? We don't contain God. And God is with us. Earth is spilling over and crammed with heaven. Um, God far surpasses anything we could imagine. We can't trap God. We can't box God in. And when we pray, we are praying to the infinite, limitless, boundless love of God. God is not feeble or weak or subjected to the problems of this world. God is both within and beyond we're connected with someone way stronger and way wiser than any of us are. And then, hallowed be thy name. We're going to stop here and then we'll keep going. But I, I hope this teases you a little bit and, and, and gets you thinking about the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be thy name. Holy be thy name. Revered be thy name. Again, sometimes we get pretty casual about God, you know. And, uh, and this is to remind us that God is awesome. God is awesome. So revered was God during the time of Jesus that, um, that the people of his day would not even utter his name. It was kind of like, you remember as a child, you'd call somebody Mr. Johnson all your life, and you wondered kind of when you could call him by his first name, like how old you could get, right? You know, it was a sign of, it's a sign of respect not to casually mention the name of God, Right? So they substituted God for the, another word, Adonai, which means Lord, which is you know, where we get Lord. It's like sir, right? But it's, it's, it's a term of respect. But we live in uh, you know, a, a casual world these days and we can tend to kind of shrink God down but never forget that God is hallowed and holy. But I think it's more than that. I think it's more than that. I think more deeply there's a sense of awe inspired in our prayers. If we really knew who we were worshiping today, we'd probably be wearing crash helmets and lashing ourselves to the, to the pew, as Ann Dillard said, right? Because God is awesome. Do we have a sense of awe when we worship, when we sing? For me, not all the time. But every now and then, awe kind of creeps up on me in amazing ways, and I get lost in wonder, love, and praise. I hope that the Lord's prayer can remind us and knock us back into a position of awe on our knees when we pray to God. Um, in Acts 2, 4, 3, 43, slide 11, Daniel. Acts 2, 43, after, after all, Pentecost and all these amazing things and people were um, uh, 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 sharing with one another, and they were building up Christ's church. It says, and a sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. I need to remind you of something. It is nothing less than a miracle that you've made it to this point in your life. Do you believe that? 
Think about all that you've gone through in this life. Think about all the ways in which things could have gone so wrong. Think, think, about, think about the ways in which you were surprised by the presence of Christ. You are a worshiping miracle. Be in awe of that. And guess what? You're sitting beside someone who against all odds is here today. All, all, and all came over them all. It marked something very spectacular in the early church. What would it look like if in our worship this year, if we opened ourselves up to the awe? Are you going to come up here and just get a little piece of bread and a cup in a few minutes? Or are you going to realize that there's a miracle in your hands that God has given us all, the body of Christ, for us? That is miraculous. That is awesome. Delight yourselves in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Delight, laughter, awe. Awe, laughter, love, gratitude. There's a picture of Father Boyle. Anybody know Father Boyle? You read Tattoos on the Heart? You read that one? You got that picture, Daniel? There is Father Boyle. He's a Jesuit priest in Los Angeles. Um, he, uh, if, if you have a chance, listen to Krista Tippett's On Being from December 23rd. And you'll hear his interview. It will make you awe of, of, of what's going on there. But he started this, these ministries in L.A. called Homeboy Ministries. Homeboy Ministries in L.A. It was a ministry for a place in the world where there's just lethal hopelessness. Gang activity all over the place. And this was a way to rehab to find a greater family. And this... This dude right here walks in to Los Angeles and begins 30 years ago to build this ministry. He was a Jesuit priest and he was drawn to this group, he said, because they had two things he loved. When he hung out with these Jesuits, he said they were prophetic and they were hilarious. They made him laugh. I think laughter is a form of awe, by the way. Laughter is a form, even sometimes tears might be a form of awe as well. For this group, it wasn't so much, he said, about helping others, but our common call to delight in one another. Awe, another awe word. He quoted writer Ruskin who wrote about our duty to delight. A delighting that enters into full kinship. Awe. When is the last time your breath has been taken away? He talked about Cesar Chavez, the leader who advocated for uh, migrant workers in farms in California and in other places out west. And uh, he was a fearless leader, but, but Father Boyle knew him as a young man. He said he could listen to you like you were the only person in the room. Anybody ever listen to you like that? That's kind of awesome experience. When all of his followers and all those who he advocated for said, you know, we love Cesar Chavez, what does it, what does it mean? He smiled and he said, the feeling is mutual. What an awesome world we live in. Well, Father Boy's ministry in L.A. was uh, with all these gang members. He talked about the fatal, lethal deprivation of hope. Um, and uh, he helped me link up this awe factor with Hallowed Be Thy Name. He talked in his interview with Krista Tippett about a guy by the name of Jose who was in his early 30s. And Jose was a, a rehabilitated uh, gang member who, uh, who Father Boyle took a lot when he was sharing and telling the story about Homeboy Ministries. And Jose, he, um, he got before the people, and this, is, this was his story. 
See, growing up, it was just my mom and me. We didn't get along. She hated me. At the age of six, she told me, why don't you just kill yourself? You're such a burden to me. And people gasp, just like we're gasping. And then he said, it sounded even worse in Spanish, is what he said. They laughed. When I was nine, my mom dropped me off at a children's home. I was there 90 days until my G-mom picked me up. My mom beat me every day. I wore three T-shirts to cover my wounds. Then he loses his battle with tears at this point, And he chokes up. I wore three T-shirts well into my adult years because I was ashamed of my wounds. But now I run my fingers over my wounds. How can I welcome the wounded if I don't welcome my own wounds? And Father Boyle said, and all took over the room. So we stop here at the very phrase. Jesus taught us when we pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, holy, awesome be thy name. So, step one, pause, be still. That's how we start, by stopping. Stopping before the one who stands before us. Know the one before whom you stand. Amen.